Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Tuesday, September 19th, and we are reading from the big book on page 100, the last paragraph, assuming we are spiritually fit, through three paragraphs ending with, to do the impossible, have always failed, and we will be commenting on all three paragraphs. Today's readers are Liz V, 12 Steps, Mary G, 12 Traditions, and readers of the text, Cecilia H, Roz R, and Carmela G. The reference number for Monday, September 18th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 10442, and the 10 a.m. meeting is 10444. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Liz V to read the 12 steps. Hi, it's Liz V from North Carolina. The 12 steps. We admitted, one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Excuse me. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. I pass.
Thank you, Mary G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing on what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 100, the last paragraph, assuming we are spiritually fit through three paragraphs ending to do the impossible have always failed. And we will be commenting on all three paragraphs. And I will now ask Cecilia H. to begin our reading. Good morning. This is Cecilia H. from Pittsburgh. I'm a compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. People have said we must not go where liquor is served. We must not have it in our homes. We must shun friends who drink. We must avoid moving pictures which show drinking scenes. We must not go into bars. Our friends must hide their bottles if we go to their houses. We mustn't think or be reminded about alcohol at all. Our experience shows that this is not necessarily so. We meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There is something the matter with his spiritual status. His only chance for sobriety would be someplace like the Greenland ice cap, and even there an Eskimo might turn up with a bottle of scotch and ruin everything. Ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the theory he would escape the alcohol problem. In our belief, any scheme of combating alcoholism which proposes to shield the sick man from temptation is doomed to failure. If the alcoholic tries to shield himself, he may succeed for a time, but he usually winds up with a bigger explosion than ever. We have tried these methods. These attempts to do the impossible have always failed. Uh, well, in, in the first paragraph where it talks about avoiding moving pictures and places where there's food, where there's alcohol, in the case of food, it's virtually impossible nowadays. There's food everywhere. There's food ads everywhere. There's food commercials on television. And there's food in front of our faces all the time. Um, I've learned that I can't avoid being exposed to food uh, unless I rely on my higher power. That is to say, if I'm relying on my higher power, I can be exposed to food wherever I go and not have it, quote-unquote, disturb me. I need to continue working the steps and be spiritually fit, as it says uh, in the later paragraphs. Uh, and then I can go anywhere. I can go to any kind of celebration, and I don't have to celebrate by eating food that isn't good for me. I don't have to, for example, eat wedding cake at my own wedding. 
I don't have to look through the cupboards when I'm babysitting for my granddaughter trying to find something to eat like I used to do when I was a teenager. Um, There aren't any schemes. There are no schemes. It says any scheme of combating alcoholism is doomed to failure. The only scheme that works for me is to work the steps, to continue to do my daily disciplines of reading, writing, meetings, turning to my higher power with every decision and asking about what to eat. And furthermore, not just about food, but also about behavior. What are the things that I need to do to be spiritually fit in order to interact with the people in my lives, in my life, in the in the most kind and loving way? And it's the steps and the work of the big book that really makes it possible for me to go wherever I need to go without having to worry that I'm going to fail or explode because I've been holding back for so long and I can't do it anymore. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Cecilia H. It's now time to open up the floor for sharing. Please say your name just once, and that helps me get everybody down. Okay, who would like to share on what was just read? Okay, if you can just hang on a second, I'll tell you who I got. I'm sure I missed lots of people, but this is who I have so far. Matt M., Craig F., Barbara E., Charles H., Larry K., Katie G. Who did I miss? Lauren N. Lauren N. Melissa Let's go with this lineup right now. I'm sorry for the people I missed, but I, I will catch you on the second round. So we have Matt M. Craig F. Barbara E. Charles H. Larry K. Katie G. Lauren N. And Melissa C. Matt M., would you like to start, please? Can you hear me, Liz? Yes, thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. Composal right here from New Jersey. Um, I'd love to have the neutrality of the food, and as someone shared, the food is everywhere. Everywhere I look, my, my, I go out with my friends, the food is there. I can't avoid going out with my friends because there's food there, going to this bar that I used to, that I go to every every other every other Saturday with them. I mean, it's it's there. It's, it's going to be in my face, and I can't, like I said, I'm not supposed to have a social life because there's food there, but I'm going to be a monk sitting in my room doing nothing all day and all night, just watching TV and doing nothing else. And um, even at the convention, after all that, after all that absent food they had at the meals at the buffet they had for us for lunch and dinner, next to the concierge desk, I said, there was this huge room full of cake and candy and all kinds of other stuff they had there. I was like, it was tempting. I'm like, hmm, this looks this looks pretty good. I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? That that room is an effort to you. Stay out of that room. But I, you know, I stuck my nose in. I didn't, I didn't buy anything. But I, I realized, wow, I'm still, I'm still craving the food. And it was like, I don't need to, I don't need to go to places like that. I need to stay away from places like that. And uh, I realized for me, um, I have to stop being so stubborn about the food too. I think that I can control this on my own sometimes, and I can't. This is why I'm. A, this is why I'm a compulsive overeater because I have no control over the food whatsoever. 
those are in control of who I call after work beforehand. I don't want to be calling people after the fact all the time, after I've already eaten. I want to call people before I eat, before I pick up that way to avoid the situation. Like I said, I can't avoid every single situation where there's food. I have I can go to the ends of the earth and I can still and I still find food there that's not that's not absent for me to eat. So I'm grateful today that I, I, I can avoid that bo- I don't I can avoid that bottle of scotch, but I can only avoid it if I if I lead a spiritual program of action that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Craig F. It's your turn and Barbara E, you'll be next. Craig F, press star one, please. We don't hear you. This is is Craig F, recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Can you hear me now? Yes, thank you. Oh, good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate your service. Um, I I, I used to hear this um, slogan in in OA rooms a lot, and it said, uh, if you don't want to slip, stay out of slippery places. And, I, you know, I took that to mean, you know, if you don't want to slip, don't go to certain restaurants, don't go to the donut shop, don't, you know, don't go here or there. But when, when I read this today, I read that and, and realize that, that the first line in this is, if we are spiritually fit, you know, it, we can do all sorts of things. And, and what I realize is that the slippery place is when I'm not in fit spiritual condition. And uh, if I'm doing the the work the maintenance of my spiritual condition um then the places that are slippery um become less and less uh, a friend of mine uh, in other programs says you know if you sit in a barber chair long enough sooner or later you'll get a haircut and 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 you know that's true there there are places that uh, that I don't need to go if if I I don't have a good reason to be and and so I should avoid those but but the place I need to avoid the hardest is that place where where I'm not spiritually fit because if I'm not spiritually fit, I can overeat anywhere. I I, I could probably create food out of thin air if I. Uh, that's an exaggeration, of course. But uh, if I'm not in fit spiritual condition, and and so that's that is the challenge today is to is to do those things to my prayer, my meditation. And especially the working with others, and uh, you know the 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 line at the bottom of page 14 and the top of page 15, where Bill says that we uh, increase our spiritual life by self-sacrifice and working with others, and 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 that's where I need to be. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me ramble. Thank you, Craig F. Barbara E., it's your turn, and Charles H., you'll be next. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service, and thank you to everyone who's on the line. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. These paragraphs really speak to me. I've been a compulsive overeater for as long as I can remember. My mother sent me to fat camp. That's what they, they had a nicer word for it, but that's what it was. And I can remember in that camp sneaking in with another um, cabin member to the dining room and stealing all the American cheese. 
I don't even like American cheese. Later on, when I was about 18 and in college, my mother sent me to what they euphemistically call charm school down in Florida. Um, I ate everything I could find. Because I was 18, they made me a junior counselor. I was working their food program, meaning eating their food, but I would get a day off, a night off, and go and eat everything I could. Nothing worked. Not pills, not shots in the rear end. Nothing worked. Even when I came into OA 21 years ago and people brought Dunkin' Donuts coffee cups to the table, I pictured donuts rolling down the table. I had to stay for the miracle and wait for the miracle. Recovery, 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 working the steps, abstinence from negative food thoughts and negative behaviors one day at a time. I got the abstinence. I did get that. The negative negative thoughts, the negative behaviors, the harms that I did, That took a longer time, and I worked that imperfectly. But in OA, I found that giving myself wiggle room by making calls, doing service, going to meetings, listening to meetings, helped me one day at a time to become a better person, to to try and pause and give it up to God and not do the selfish, dishonest, resentful, fearful things that I might have done before. And because I was in and hoped to be in this spiritual mind, I hope to be absent until the day I die, but I take it one day at a time. And I know when I hear someone say, recover, 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 and do service, service, service. I take that to heart. Make amends quickly and and do a 10-step, stay abstinent, work with others, and I can be around food now. And it does not call me. I can go to those so-called slippery places and I don't slip and I don't Time, slide. Please. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Charles H., it's your turn. And Larry K., you'll be next. Hey, thanks, Lynn, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. And it was a pleasure um, to have lunch with you. Uh, you know, it was just it was just awesome. I'm, I was running around looking. Y'all my heroes, man, for real. And uh, thank you, Barbara E., for going a little bit over because I was on a train. You know how we do. Crazy New York and shy though we shy, <laughs> but um, uh, getting back to the text because this is serious. Um, in our belief, any any scheme that uh, uh, to shield a compulsive overeater is doomed to fail. You know what's so crazy, John K. I may have a, a career in comedy in Virginia Beach. <laughs> you know they were there was no catch up in New Jersey. There was catch up, but guess what? There was catch up in in Virginia Beach. I made the decision to go order that thing. Um, you know, uh, I like the analogy Craig F. used. Um, you go to a barbershop, you're going to get a haircut. I know, you know, that 
uh, if I go to a crack house today and say, you know, I'm trying to do a 12-step call. I ain't going there for no 12-step call. I'm deliberately going to smoke my brains out. I know it. Um, it and, and if I'm spiritually fit, I wouldn't be going thinking about going to no crack house. I ain't going to McDonald's to find a wife. I'm not going there to say, look how nice I am. If I go there, I'm deliberately going there. If I, I don't have no reason to go there. I'm not doing any step work in there. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, Because guess what? I, I can use anywhere. Anywhere. I can pick up my binge substances anywhere. And I'm just so grateful that I don't have to hide from them. Um, there's certain ones I have to hide from, like crack. <laughs> um, you know, I have to hide from crack. There's no doubt about it. I'm, not, I'm just going to put it out there. I, I'm a recovered crackhead. Um, I'm, I, don't, I don't care about saying it. I, it's real. It's not about that's my story. I cannot go to a crack house um, because I will get a haircut. And it, 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 it won't come out as nice as it looked now. <laughs> but I'm just so grateful for these 12 steps. And, um, you know, um, in closing, I, I just want to say, because Lynn and, Lynn and I and a, and a couple of recovered compulsive overeaters were, were eating lunch after the convention, and, you know, I, I, I was a fisherian, but I said, you know what, I need to invite grilled chicken back because I, I need that protein. And uh, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you guys for eating that in front of me because, it just, it just, uh, it's just a pleasure eating in front of recovered people because I can, I can still need to recover, um, in all areas. So thank you very much for that, and I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Larry K. It's your turn, and Katie G. You'll be next. Hey, Lynn. Um, thanks so much for your service, Larry K. Uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. You know, I, I wish someone would have, would have given it to me straight. They didn't. I don't know. It's, maybe they weren't spiritually fit. Maybe they never became recovered. But I, I didn't hear it. Maybe they were just, you know, being, you know, politically correct or, or kind. But I wish someone would have given it to me straight. Here's my reality. Before, um, when, we, when we're avoiding things, when we're trying, we're, we, you know, one of the things that I used to do is I wouldn't keep food in my house. I wouldn't keep my binge foods in my house. <clears throat> you know that I can get <clears throat> to my heroin foods in, in five minutes. I bet you can too. And I would. I would get in the car. I would go to the, the local convenience store. I would try to talk myself out of it again and again. I played those, those games. I wish someone would have given it to me straight. In the promises in the 10th step, it says, <clears throat> we feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We've not even sworn off at that point. In step, step 10, you, you're spiritually awakened at that point if you followed these, these actions, these instructions precisely. It says, instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. That's my reality today. I don't care if I'm in a, in a barber chair. <laughs> I don't care where I'm at. I don't have to fight it. What I have today is not fighting temptation. I don't have to control anything. It's not because I'm more disciplined today. I worked these steps. I took these actions, and the problem was removed. And it's never come back. And here's the thing. I don't have a fear that it'll come back. And I didn't do that myself. All the years of synthetic knowledge, all the therapy, all the different things, none of that worked. But if you work these action steps, 
and you work these steps through in sequence, you take these actions, you will be brought into alignment with your higher power. And if you follow these instructions precisely, yes, the problem will be removed. It does not exist for us. I'm not whistling in the dark. It really, really is true. There are people on the line then they know who they are. To those who know, no explanations necessary. To those who do not yet know, no explanation is sufficient. So, you know, the, my theories and conjectures about why these steps work, you know, reveal uh, as much about the nature of the psychic change as they do about the, the architecture and the limitations of our brains. You know, a, a, a laptop doesn't write its own software. Right? That'd be crazy. I can't, I don't make the decisions on why I've been brought to this place. I just follow the instructions and I have indeed been brought to this place where the problem has been removed. I can go anywhere. It's a miracle. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry K. Katie G, you're up next. And Lauren N, you'll be after Katie. Good morning, everyone. Lynn, thank you for your service. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic in Boston. Starting my timer. Yeah, I mean, you know, guys, the truth is, or excuse me, you know, my friends, the truth is that for a long time, um, I couldn't go near food, right? Like, I couldn't be married to the man that I'm married to who enjoys ice cream and other foods that I don't eat. And um, that was okay. That wasn't a moral issue. I was coming in. I hadn't done the steps, and it wasn't. Um, and it was helpful for people who taught me to start getting connected with God around the food. And so when I saw food that was like a hot fudge sundae, I was taught to say, "Thank you, God. That's not my food," and immediately connect to God. Because the truth is, I have overused my opportunities to eat flour, sugar, and quantities for the life of 10 people. But, however, I like that it says I'm not here to shun other people. Like, I don't criticize people who are eating hot fudge sundaes because, again, I have done enough eating for thousands of people. I'm all set. Um, and you know what else? There are times that I get tired, right? There are times that I don't really want to make my husband a hot fudge sundae. And when I'm tired, I'm not exactly spiritually fit. And so for me, it's okay to say, husband, can you get your own whatever it is? I mean, it's really about being honest with myself, being honest with where I am with God and these 12 steps. Um, because the truth is, you know, spiritual fitness for me, I don't know about all of you, but spiritual fitness for me is a workout. It is a workout every day. Somebody said to me yesterday, she said, you do all of that? And she said, do you ever acknowledge how much you do? And I'm like, no, because it's not a choice for me today. I, I don't get up in the morning and think, hmm, am I going to get on my knees? Am I going to pray? Am I going to take my quiet time? Am I going to do 84 to 88? Am I going to call my father? Because you know, the gifts that have been given me as the result of continuing to work the steps, of continuing to surrender, are unbelievable. Like, I, my neutrality around the food is the kind of thing where I don't see it. <laughs> like, it might be all around me, but I don't pay attention to it. I had meals with people who eat differently than me, who have different definitions of abstinence, and that used to drive me crazy. 
I used to drive me crazy. I was like, I can't talk to you unless you're doing exactly what I do because I don't understand this otherwise. And the truth is today, my friends, it is not my business. It is not my business what you're eating. You know what is my business? My relationship with God. And if what I'm doing, I'll close with this, the most important thing I do every day is entire abstinence and the 12 steps because entire abstinence and the 12 steps for me and my life means a 100% connection with God if I continue to work this. And that is where the freedom is. So I'm grateful to be here with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Lauren N., it's your turn. And Melissa C., you'll be next. Thank you all. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Oh, I am so grateful to be on this line this morning and to be able to be of service today. Um, I think about how lucky I am that I can actually be around food today and not have it call me. In the past, I've never been able to have food in my house. And I don't live alone. I live with a with my uh, son who who has our illness. And so for a lot of years, I was trying to control it for him more than for me. But for today, I'm able to have, he's able to bring in pretty much almost anything he wants. Although I don't particularly like it in my house. I'm able to have it be here. There were a lot of, as someone else said, there were a lot of years when I could not have it even physically near me. Anything that was chocolate, anything that was sweet, anything was was desserty like could not be in my house because I could not avoid it. Today I can actually look at it and not be tempted. How incredible. I'm getting ready to have family over for the Jewish holidays on Thursday night. And I've got to go out and buy a hala today and go into, or or tomorrow. And that is like something I love. But I know I won't, I'll have it in the house for the holiday and then I'll send it home with someone because it won't call me. It won't be something that I will want. Because thanks to these steps that I work like my hair is on fire, I can avoid eating it and even wanting it. Thank you all for being here and for imparting your knowledge so that I could be recovered. I love you all. Thank you, Lauren N. Melissa C., it's your turn. Hi, good morning, Lynn. Am I able to be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, great. That's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And... You know, what's really nice is I've been spending my mornings with all of you for the last uh, 
almost four years, three and a half years, and now I know what you look like. <laughs> so, like, it just feels really incredible. But, um, you know, this message of being able to go anywhere um, and, and not have to shield ourselves from the food, this is what first, like, got me to pay attention to this line you know, to calling in here, because I was not hearing that in my face-to-face meetings. I was hearing um, avoid people, places, and situations that call you to eat, and that's human power. That's thinking that I can control this by avoiding, you know, other things, and um, one thing that really has been, like, heavy in my heart is... um, there's a face-to-face meeting I go to, and somebody a while ago um, had been absent for a period of time and struggling. He, he said it. He said he was really struggling, but he's abstinent, and he had lost a tremendous amount of weight. It was clear. So he was getting a lot of um, praise, you know, because it looks like he's doing, he's doing well. But he said um, he can't walk into a convenience store, and he's and it's it, like... He could feel that, um, although he hadn't picked up, he can't go in a convenience store. And he traveled, and, and this is difficult. And somebody at the meeting there who has long-term abstinence, who looks to me, looks like someone who, who had that, you know, who's got this thing and is living well now, said, I never go in convenience stores, and I never go in the middle aisles of the supermarket. And... You know, I I it, I was so uncomfortable and I didn't know how to handle it because that is not the answer. We cannot avoid those places for the rest of our lives. Yes, while we're working the steps, you know, that idea of hospitalization for compulsive overeaters, our rehab might look like don't go to those places till you're through the steps. But that can't be the solution long term. If I think that I'm going to guard the door and and put up the lock and lock out this enemy food, I'm forgetting that I'm the enemy. My thinking, my, you know, untreated alcoholic mind is what was killing me. And if I guard myself, I've just locked myself inside. So um, the answer is the steps is to get a spiritual fitness. And, you know, this morning I woke up unhappy. I was pissed off at my daughter. I have a set of principles. I have a way in which I can live free. I got on, I started praying. I got on the line to people. I reached out for help. And you know what? Today, as I'm in the car, I'm driving past Dunkin' Donuts, and I don't care about it at all. Um, Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. For those of you just joining us, we are on page 100, starting with the last paragraph, assuming we are spiritually fit, through three paragraphs ending, to do the impossible have always failed, and we will be commenting on all three paragraphs. Who would like to share? Can we stop just for a minute? I heard everybody at once. So I'll tell you who I did manage to pick up, and then we'll go from there. I heard Reva P., Devorah, Nessa R., 
Maura Z. Who else would like to share, please? Ellen Green G. Anita Ellis from Jessup, Georgia. Barbara C. Bassa O. Okay. Let me tell you who I have, and then we'll go from there, okay? I have Reva P., Devorah, Nessa R., Maura Z., Harlan G., Marilyn somebody, Anita L., somebody from Georgia, and Vasa O. And I don't think we'll get everybody in, but let's start and see how we do. So that would be you, Reva P., followed by Devorah S. Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I can't believe you heard my name. Um, So what these paragraphs um, remind me is that my disease is twofold. I don't just have a physical allergy. I also have a mental obsession. So abstinence only is not going to work. And that's what they're telling me, that if I'm only abstinent, um, I'm not going to be able to function. I'm not going to be able to go anywhere. Um, And the opposite is also true. If I'm spiritually fit, and that's a big assumption, and what does it mean to be spiritually fit for me? To be spiritually fit means I've gone through the steps, and I've had a spiritual awakening that results in those promises that were mentioned that come only after step 10, where I have neutrality around food. It's not screaming at me. It's not even giving, like I'm not even paying attention to it, and I'm not fighting I'm not resisting um, at all. It just comes as a result of doing the work. And, you know, as was shared before, spiritually fit, it's not just a one-time thing. I do the steps. I'm good to go for the rest of my life. This is only a daily reprieve. So I can be spiritually unfit any time of the day, any day. And that's why I need to keep growing in steps 10, 11, and 12 and if I'm not spiritually fit, it's not just about, you know, don't go into a, a donut shop or be around the food. I don't send an email. I don't tell somebody something that's, you know, seeming so pressing that I have to tell them this minute. If I'm not spiritually fit, the first thing I have to do is pause and get spiritually fit. And then I can do anything, be anywhere, say anything because it's right behavior based on right action. Um, And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Reva P. Devorah S., it's your turn. And Nessa R., you'll be next. Hi, everybody. Good morning. My name is Devorah S. from New Jersey, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, this paragraph, I'm assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things we could never do before. We alcoholics are not supposed to do. And, um, you know, I too felt I was given the short change here when I uh, used to go to all these food, all these diet clubs and whatever. And how many, how many times did they say to me, you know, just get down, get down to your normal size, get down to a normal weight, and then you could eat anything. Then you can eat anything. You'll be okay. And I really believed that. I really believed that. In my head, it was like, all I needed to do was lose the weight, and, and then I'll be free. And I did that for years and years and years and years. And um, 
And guess what, guys? It didn't work until I walked into these doors and they mentioned the word God and they talked about getting a connection with God. And I said to myself, how is God going to help me with less food? But I said, you know what? Let me try it. Nothing else worked, so let me try it. And I did it little by little, little by little. You know, it started off with just asking God for an accident day for today. And let me eat the foods that I'm not supposed to eat. Please, God. And then it mushroomed into, you know, working the steps each day and, and turning to God, not just for the food, but with every aspect of my life. And um, I can go anywhere. The obsession has been lifted. And what a miracle that is. And I do so happily. That's the difference today. I don't sit in these places with a glum face. And I don't sit there twirling my thumb saying, gee, I want that. I want that. Why not me? How it's not fair. I'm not kicking and screaming today. You know, the obsession has been lifted. I am free today. Um, and what a miracle. And, you know, I'm just so grateful. What can I say? You know, I have a new lease on life. I got a life today because I'm not turning to the food for any emotion. And, and because I have the, the, the steps and because I have a step 10 and then a step 11 and, and just the whole way of living, you know, um, you know, the, my life has, has, has taken on new meaning. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you all. Bye-bye. Thank you, Devorah S. Nessa R., it's your turn. And Maura Z., you'll be next. Thank you, Lynn. Good morning for you. This is Nessa R., I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And I am so grateful to those people whose vision and hard work brought us um, this amazing and inspiring convention you know, which ties into so well into what we're reading because, you know what, it is easy to stay abstinent in an environment like that. You know, not only because the food is, is uh, you know, provided, but, you know, just because of the inspiration um, in the crowd, like it was, it was just amazing. Um, it would be easy to recover in such an environment and it would be easy to stay recovered in such an environment. But, you know, that is not reality. We all have to go back to our daily lives. And for those who were at that convention, um, we have a responsibility. We have a huge responsibility. Those of us who are not yet recovered have a responsibility to bring the inspiration into our daily lives and to recover. Those of us who are recovered have to uh, bring our inspiration into our daily lives to grow in effectiveness and understanding and to bring it to our meetings and to those people who, who were not there. Because, you know what, if if inspiration was the only thing that was required, um, you know, then abstinence would be like, you know, it would be all that it's needed, but it is not, you know, temptation, temptation is everywhere. Even if we, even if we avoid restaurants, even if we don't bring the trigger foods into our homes, you know, food porn is everywhere in billboards, in magazines and newspapers. Uh, radio, TV, you know, the internet, um, we really cannot escape it. You know, we, you know, even if we don't go into the drive-thrus, we still drive through 
um, oh, sorry, my dog's barking in the background. Um, we're still driving through uh, city streets that have restaurants and, you know, fast food joints and all that kind of stuff. So avoiding temptation is not the answer. Um, you know, and that's why abstinence alone is not the answer. The answer is a spiritual awakening, a transformational psychic change that only happened to me as a result of working the 12 steps exactly as outlined in the big book with the desperation of a drowning man. And to me, this is the message of the convention and we all need to incorporate into our lives and and make it a reality in the day-to-day um, routine. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Maura Z, it's your turn. And Harlan G, you'll be next. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. <clears throat> Maura Z, recovered in Virginia. Oh, my goodness. Assuming we are spiritually fit, we can do all sorts of things alcoholics are not supposed to do. Let me start my clock here. Um, I'm not supposed to be able to walk into a bakery. I'm not supposed to be able to walk into a Starbucks. I'm not supposed to be able to walk into a fast food place. I'm not supposed to linger outside the Sabaro, you know, pizza place at the... uh, um, you know, in in the uh, train station, you know, thinking of happier times when I would go in there and have two slices and then go back and have a third. It, I can linger. I can look. I can think. I can remember. I can do all of those things. I'm not dwelling in those things. I have no desire to dwell in those things. So it's a it's a it's a nanosecond of a flash of a memory, and I keep walking. I don't need to linger. I don't need to do any of those things anymore. I walked by in the grocery store the other day, and they had bleeping Halloween candy out already. And it's not even the middle, you know, maybe it's the middle of September, whatever. But it's just, you know, all of those things, all of those holidays, all of that crap they sell every holiday, it's out, you know, three months before. Or the holiday even gets here. Just because they know that the longer it's out there, the more of it people will buy. Because there are going to be a whole lot of compulsive overeaters that are going to go and get their candy early to make sure they have it in the house for the trick-or-treaters. So they'll buy it September 15th. And it'll be gone by September 18th if it makes it that long. So we'll have to go buy another bag. And so on and so forth. How lucky am I? How filled with God's grace am I that I'm not that person anymore? Because you know I was. I absolutely was. Thinking I would get the stuff I don't like so it wouldn't matter and I would get rid of it. I don't know how much crap I ate that I didn't even like. Because there was something inside my brain, inside my body, that said, You have to have more of that, and you have to have more of it now. I don't even have children, and I was buying this stuff for the trick-or-treaters, quote-unquote. I am spiritually fit today by God's grace by working the 12 steps as fast as I could humanly work them, as honestly and as rigorously as I had to. 
with the help of someone in whom the problem had been solved. Thank you. Sorry for going over. Thank you, Maura Z. Harlan G., it's your turn. And Marilyn, you'll be next. Thank you very much, and thank you to Team Tuesday and, and for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. When we see these references on the bottom of 100 and the, and the first few paragraphs of 101, we're referring back to spiritual fitness. And we hear all the time in program that there is a world of difference between dieting with group support and having a true recovery. What is a recovery? A recovery is a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. Where does this information on the bottom of 100 and the, and the first few paragraphs of 101 come from? It comes primarily from here, and this is the culmination of the first 10 steps. I'm at the bottom of 84, and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as if from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We're not fighting it. Neither are we avoiding temptation. There's another reference to what we're talking about. We feel as though we have been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react as long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. How do I keep in fit spiritual condition so that the supermarket that I have to go to today doesn't drag me into the aisles where all this stuff is, the candy and the Doritos and all that stuff? I work the steps. It's not about what aisle I walk down. It's not about what street I drive down. Because God is bigger than chocolate. And as long as God is bigger than chocolate, all I have to do is work the steps, and they might as well be selling rocks on the shelf. I don't buy rocks. I don't care about rocks. And sometimes people say to me, why do you have to mention Kit Kat bars? I'm going to mention Kit Kat bars and chocolate turtles till I'm dead. Because if I mention chocolate turtles and you go out and eat one, that's not on me. That's not on me. If I'm in fit spiritual condition, I could bring one with me, set it on the table while we speak, and you wouldn't think of eating it. And if I'm not in fit, fit, if I'm not in fit spiritual condition, then I'm going to use those chocolate turtles to ransack my life and destroy myself and everyone around me. God is bigger than chocolate. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. We have four people left in about five minutes. So if you could bear that in mind with your sharing, we'll try and get in as many people as we can. So Marilyn, it's your turn, followed by Anita L. And if you could give us the initial of your last name, please.
Marilyn, press star one to unmute. Well, perhaps I misheard. Okay, Anita P, would you like to go ahead, please? Good morning. This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia. Did you mean me? Thank you. I did. Thank you, Anita. Okay. I'll try and be real fast. I just wanted to share an example how we can go anywhere and be a free person, woman, man. Uh, in February, I went with my husband on a beautiful vacation, and we flew into San Diego for a few days before we got on a cruise ship. And I w was so filled with inner peace and serenity. I was spiritually fit, and I was able to enjoy. And the night before we got on the cruise, something happened, and I was feeling anger and resentment. So even though I was in fit spiritual condition, uh, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect and that I'm void from any type of you know, upsetting, restless, irritable, or discontented. And so what What did I do? As soon as we got back to our room, I made a 10-step a phone call to somebody on the West Coast. And I took care of it right then. I made my amend to my husband. And the next day, I was able to get on that cruise ship and be happy, joyous, and free. And because uh, not only was I working and living the steps, uh, during my entire vacation, and of course, months before having done the 12 steps. When I came home and stepped on that scale the next day, my higher power had released nine pounds from, from my body. That was a gift. That was a gift. And I was only gone for 10 days. So it just goes to show you, I can go anywhere. And, you know, uh, I won't go into any more detail because I, I have to stop. But I loved that vacation because I was present in the moment with my husband, with the scenery. It was beautiful and with God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita L. There was somebody from Georgia who wanted to share. Are you still on the line? This is Jamie H. from Jessup, Georgia. Can Thank you hear me? You. Please go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, assuming I was in fit spiritual condition, step 10. Well, what in the world do we do if we're at step 9 and going to step 10? I thought I was in pretty good shape, and then I sat in this chair for like 117 hours in Newark, New Jersey, and it, it, the... The light shined, and I am not in fit spiritual condition. I have completely underestimated my foe. Yesterday, I got a phone call from my son, who's a junior in college. He speaks a different language than I do. Never could look in his eyes and read his mind. We just couldn't communicate. And we had this conversation, and he said, can I ask you a mom question? And I said, sure, I'll do the best I can in answering the mom question. And he asked the question, and I took words that I heard from my new friends who are in spit, fit spiritual condition in New Jersey, and I gave that child those words. And he said, Mom, I just want you to know that I think about every word that 
that we say to each other, and I always think, I know what you're going to say, and I always have pre-conceived um, um, replies to you because, because I don't ever get that. And he said, today you've blown my mind. You have never talked to me like this before, and I feel so good. So here I sit. I liked that conversation, but now I have the desperation of a dying man or a drowning man. I am drowning, and oh, my God, where's my ninth, my ninth step list, that hell no list? I do not want to let chocolate be my God. I've been abstinent for a year. I don't know if it's white knuckling or not white knuckling. I, I trudge the road. I'm just far a few steps behind everybody else's happy destiny. I time I, I pass. Okay. Thank you, Jenny H. I'm sorry we have run out of time. We won't be able to get to you, Vasa O, but hopefully you can stick around for the second hour. Thank you to everyone who shared. And thank you to Team Tuesday, Liz V, Mary G, Cecilia H, Roz R, and Camilla G. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, September 19th, is 10446. I think somebody's unmuted. If they could check your phones, please. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Roz R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. This is Roz R. Recovered um, in Florida. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.